Hello and welcome back to the Spells We Tell Ourselves. Today I am being joined by my friend Jenna. And for those of you who don't know, Jenna is the podcaster who does the Little Ritual podcast and is Joy Play on Instagram. Um, we, we've we been connected for a few months now and I am really excited to have Jenna here uh, to talk about this week's episode of adding rituals into your life. So welcome, Jenna. I love it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Libby. I'm so excited that we we are doing this. I I've been on Jenna's um I've been on your podcast before. I'm not making that up in my head, right? For some yeah, reason I was have. like, was that a dream? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. You came on. We talked about just like hearth witchery yeah and that sounds like me <laughs> yeah no, it was definitely you we had a good time oh yeah yeah I, I re- like I remember the conversation but it's almost like one of those things like did I make this up is this just something that happened in one of my cr- crazy dreams <laughs> and- I totally get that because at this point I you know like you have conversations with people and it's like was that one recorded I don't know Right, exactly. And and now you like Jenna and I are in a book club together and yeah, we it's are. just kind of like, okay, I'm going on Jenna's retreat. So we've talked a lot during our 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 conversations about retreat planning. And then we've talked a lot because book club, and then we've just been chatting in Instagram here and there for months. So I'm just like, what was recorded, what wasn't? I feel like I've been on your podcast, but was I yeah. actually <laughs> No, I'm so happy that that we got connected. And I think that um, it's like the one good thing about social media is meeting. Yes. Not the one good thing, but the biggest good thing is, you know, because when I when I'm like, oh, social media is, is ruining my life. It's like, well, I probably wouldn't know you without right. social media. And so that's kind of cool. And and what's wild to me is you and I live like a half hour away from each other. And it's still just like we live so close together. But if it weren't for Instagram, would we have ever connected? <laughs> right. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. And that's wild to think about. But here we are. Here we are. Happy to be here. I, I'm so excited to have you here. So I I would love for you to talk about rituals for adding in especially since this episode is coming out right at the end of 2023. So entering Mm. us into 2024, I, I feel like adding rituals is something that I want to do in 2024 Mm. and just making that time, I think. So can you tell us a little bit about adding in ritual and the importance of ritual? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I agree with you. I think time is the hardest part for bringing in ritual, Um, especially during the dark, darker weeks, like with Yule coming up, Mm -hmm. solstice, the energy is, is just lower. Like at the book club yesterday, all of us, I'm so happy everyone made it because I am too. Yeah. And and because we were checking in with each other and it was like, I was on my last string, (laughs) you know, (laughs) All of us too. We were just like, I was so tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that with talking about winter rituals or even starting off the new year, I think it is important to be realistic with, 
with energy levels. True. And that's part of the beauty of ritual, especially with any type of pagan context, is that it flows with the seasons. Um, and the rituals that you're doing in the middle of summer when it's warm and your body, your bones are nice and free and happy and the sun is out are going to be different than the rituals that you're going to be using this time of year. Um, that That is so very true. And living seasonally or at least embracing the seasons has been something that I have been trying to do, especially lately, because it's like, oh, it's I'm leaving my office on the days that I have to go in. I, I'm leaving the office at 430. And why is it? Why am I driving home in the dark? Yeah, yes. And um, yeah, I think that as we talk about rituals, I'll I'll definitely try to keep that sort of perspective in mind of like people's time and energy constraints. Yeah. Because I know that, so when I was working full-time as a barista, which many of us have done at some point or another, <laughs> it was rough. Like it yes. was hard to have any sense of ritual because you wake, you open the shop, let's say at like seven at the late, you know, the latest. And then this was, the sun has just come up and then you leave at five and it's down, you know? So you yeah. spent all of your kind of waking hours indoors, which is really rough. Um, but all that to say, I think that ritual can be something that really helps us kind of hang in there through, through the winter as well. I love that. I love that perspective. Yeah. I, um, my rituals, it's so funny because every, (laughs) every like late October, no, I'll say like early November, I'm like, winter's not bad i feel great and i'm like jenna it's literally fall like it's we're in the middle of fall (laughs) fall just started it's not winter but i get this thing of like i don't know why i make such a big deal every year i'm fine um (laughs) i did that too over these past couple of weeks so on the days that i work from home i start off by taking my dogs over to the rail trail we do our walk and lately it's been cold in the morning but like at the beginning of the month i was like oh it's only it's 34 degrees this is still fine i can still do this this morning it was 25 degrees i'm like never mind this is cold never i i remember now (laughs) makes a big difference (laughs) difference yeah um i think it's helpful probably to talk about like what ritual is or yes just you know be on the same page um there's lots of definitions but actually when we started our book club because i'm just gonna talk about book club the whole time but when we started our book club part of the premise of it is that someone leads a ritual each week before we chat about the book that we've Mm -hmm. read um so when i was introducing ritual i think the way i described it was that ritual is anything that helps you connect with something beyond yourself or even your inner self. So it's an intentional action that connects you with the universe, connects you with your ancestors, connects you with your community, or connects you with yourself. I also really like the definition, one of the definitions of ritual given in uh, 
I think her name, Margot Adler's Drawing Down the Moon, mm, which I reference mm -hmm. a lot. That's such a good introduction it's to good paganism. One. Yeah. Uh, she says, I think in one of her interviews, that ritual is the divine play in which we are both audience and participant. And so I think in that, it's it's very innately creative. Like it brings out something it's really just art. You're just creating art in little pockets of your life, whether that's doing a tarot spread and you get to engage with the beautiful art that is a tarot deck or whether you're crunched for time and you, but you feel drawn to the water element and you're charging up a bowl of water and sending your intentions into it. I think there's something innately very creative about ritual. Um, and I think during the winter, especially, it's important to stay connected to some type of play. Yeah. And, um, and I think ritual can be a really great way to do that. If you can just let your guard down just a little bit to let yourself explore in that way. I think that's the trick, the letting, letting the guard down and allowing that part of you to come out. Yeah. And wow, we really are just going to reference book club the entire time. So <laughs> this past this past couple of weeks, we read Healing the Witch Wound. And in that, there it almost feels like a lot of it was talking about letting down the guard, letting go of the witch wound mm. and allowing yourself to be as you are. And it I felt that connection when you were talking about that yeah adding in ritual yeah i think that i'm guessing that that's one of the biggest obstacles to ritual for people is that well there's there's both the preconceived ideas or the limiting beliefs of like i'm not i'm not one of those types of people <laughs> um you know i don't have a giant crystal collection or you know, work with deities. So it, it must not be for me. Or on the flip side, people might see ritual as something that happens strictly within religion. Right. And, um, and I think that ritual of course is used in religion, but ritual goes pre predates any established religion because human beings have always been seeking to expand and to know deeper. And um, so I think it's just, it's really a core part of who we are. And I think maybe that's why it can be a hard, there are some hard obstacles to overcome in order to invite ritual into our lives. That's a good point about how it may seem like it's just for religion, but I, I don't know. I, and for me personally, I feel ritual even when i'm just getting ready in the morning and starting my day and i feel ritual when i'm making my morning coffee and all of this and i think yes honestly it goes into the intention behind it of like you said an action to feel more connected to yourself or something beyond yourself yeah yeah you do your makeup uh witchcraft <laughs> And I yeah. love that. I, I, I'd read about that before, but seeing your reel was the first time that I've seen someone do that. And uh, I love your red lip. You, I, you do, I love it. I'm, 
I I love it. I I'm and I'm not wearing it right now. And I actually barely did my makeup today. I was like, okay, well, sunscreen and mascara, and then we're just going to be done because that's. But even then, it was still like, okay, well, let's. How can I make this feel like still my practice, even if it's lesser? So sunscreen. I'm like, may this protect me from the bullshit that I may encounter later on throughout my day. And. Yeah. For mascara, I usually say something along the lines of like being able to see things clearly for as they are. And it, it's also a good, it's, it feels like mixing in morning affirmations while I am just putting on makeup, which sets my tone at least for throughout the day. I think that that touches on a really good point because ritual doesn't, Ritual can be this like very elaborate situation, but also it can be very simple and very practical too. Right. Like this morning, I did think of you because I was preparing an espresso shot at a coffee shop that I work at sometimes. And um, it's just this little pocket of moment where it's like, how do I explain it? Where you're on autopilot, right? You're doing the things that you do. You've done a million. I've pulled an espresso shot too many times. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yet there's this little inkling of like, pause. And right. it's like, okay. And then just learning to listen to that. And so then it took me 10 seconds, but then I'm just kind of hovering my hand over the espresso. Uh, I don't know what you call it. The part where you pull the espresso into. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, may my day be full of peace and ease and then just one breath in and then I'm making the espresso. And it's, it's that pause that can be so impactful Mm -hmm. for when you're going throughout the day. I, I think really, I think, you know, it's nice to do like these nice elaborate rituals, but honestly I have the energy to do it maybe once a month and the rest of my ritual is going to be you know, whispering affirmations into my morning coffee or brewing it with cinnamon or something and putting on my makeup because it's like, yeah, it's lovely to do this nice, big, like drawing the circle, all of these, the, all of this spell work. And it feels really good at the time, but it's like, I don't have, I don't have the time or the energy to do this daily. Yes. That is so real. Yeah. Also, Also, it's like, so when I, when I think of ritual, I also think of ancestors and, yes. um, because like I said, with ritual being something that predates religion, it's just something that our ancestors have always engaged in. And with that, I think it's important. I really like the distinction that in ritual, we're not trying to walk the path our ancestors walked, but we're trying, wait, well, what is it? No, we're not trying to do what our ancestors did you know, because things have advanced in, in many right. ways. Things are different. Yeah. We're sort of trying to like align with the path that they were on rather than the actual actions that they did. I'm kind of butchering that, but um, all that to say, like with what you're saying, if we think about it, there's no way that our ancestors who kind of maybe who we have been passed down some of those like ingrained rituals or ideas, there's no way that every day they're casting a circle there's a reason why the wheel of the year has a select amount of festivals. It's not an right. every week type of thing. Like they're marking the seasons with right. Samhain and Yule, you know? 
Um, and so I think there's something to be said about about that too, where or maybe we maybe we kind of have to let go of that idea of having to have the big ritual in order to just engage with it. I I agree with that. It it's almost like if you it's almost like putting unrealistic expectations upon yourself where mm-hmm. it's like oh well for me to truly be a practicing pagan then I have to do this big elaborate thing for the full moon and it's like no you don't <laughs> like you can throw a bottle of water outside and boom moon water you don't have to do anything special to it just plastic cap still <laughs> twisted on just throw it outside <laughs> of course we live in an area where at this point it's too cold to do that and it, it would, would just freeze frozen. mid-air it would, then... yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so that doesn't yeah. work right now but it's like no let it, it all of the and it it's funny we said at the top of this episode that social media is so wonderful for bringing people together and it is also wonderful for sharing practices and sharing ritual Mm -hmm. but I also think that some of that comparisonitis leaks into it and we might see one person who every full moon or every new moon or whatever has this big elaborate ritual and then all of a sudden we're sitting here like fuck what am I doing yeah (laughs) let's let's dig into that like because why you're right like I specifically am reflecting on when you said like in order to be that that thought right of in order to be a real pagan I need to do this elaborate thing right what is that like yes comparison but where does that where does that come from I don't like, even know. And it it baffles me because I, I'll be asked like, oh, so you're pagan. What does that mean? And the first thing out of my mouth is always, oh, it means something different for everyone. But here, let me tell you about my practice. Right. And it, but I feel like because of social media in some ways, mm. we're like, oh, well, their practice looks different from mine. Am I doing it wrong? Mm. And it it's almost like we lost that ability to just be like, this is my ritual. My ritual is putting on mascara in the morning. Is that everybody's ritual? No. Mm-hmm. It And for somebody else, maybe they do these wonderful, beautiful cleansing baths with all, like Dressing all the nice flower the bottles. And, right. Yeah. right. And maybe that works for somebody else. And that's cool. And that's lovely. And I love that for them. But at the same time, I know it's not realistic for me. Right. I wonder if part of this is that we, I, I and by that I'm 99.99% sure that a big part of this is that we were never meant to be doing rituals so isolated. Like, I don't think we were meant to have, I think we were meant to do rituals more often in community, which goes to the bigger problem of the fact that we just need to be in community a lot more than what our society is set up for and like in each other's lives and engaging in celebration and grief together and that's some that's a big lack that i feel um overall which is why last night you know gathering with you guys book club again um, <laughs> but, but really, we're not gonna stop <laughs> i know it's this is just just title this book club um <laughs> book club but, after chats <laughs> yeah. 
but really we're we're all sitting in a living room and there's just a beauty and like none of us really knew each other I mean, I knew each of you to some degree before starting this book club. And then we're all sitting together doing a really simple ritual, you know, and, 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 and even just having back to you saying the pause, even the part of ritual where we're all quiet and sitting together and intentionally thinking about our energy and feeling into the room. I think I just found that so profoundly beautiful because of how rare it feels in society and and really how intentional it has to be that there has to be a group of people that are willing to meet up for for that reason and i also the this also does feel like one of those points of we have to be able to let our guard down because and and that was something that i feel like all of us brought up in some way last night of being like yeah I showed up and I, and for me, I've been practicing pagan for as long as I could, rem- I can remember and fully got into it in my mid twenties, but it, I've always practiced solo, but then last night having that ritual and at the end of it, me even being like, yep, we're a coven now. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, this is so lovely. This is, this is the piece that's been missing. So yeah. it, it really is something beautiful to share a ritual together. And while that's not, that's not feasible for an every week kind of thing. Um, but I think making the space for it is something that's really beautiful. Yeah. And also I think, you know, there are, there are reasons why there are valid reasons why we have those guards up. But, you know, whether it's COVID and we, we, in that moment, like, I remember shifting to seeing other people as a threat rather than just people, you know, yeah. it's like, well, they could be carriers of this disease that we know so little about, yep. you know, that's like the yep. most recent collective trauma is, is that, that, which we're still working through, you know? Yeah. Um, and then like the book we talked about, there's other inherited reasons, whether it's nature or nurture, um, that isolate us. But I think at the end of the day, at least where I'm at, it's like, okay, yeah, I got it. But, but how am I going to live my life? Like, am I going to live my life separated and somewhat comfortable, but overall at the end of the day, really longing for something beyond just myself, like, or not. And, and that may sound really blunt, but it's like, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to have to risk. Then there's that little piece of risk, right? It's like, I'm going to have to risk being maybe slightly uncomfortable sometimes, and, or maybe even conflicting with this community that I want to just get along with and do rituals for the sake of like being with others and having to engage with that. And I think that, um, there's like in the spectrum of entering ritual, uh, that there's these little tiny moments of risk where you can like choose to lean in and it can be as as simple as like the next time that you're alone and feel like that little desire to whisper a word out loud that you think of or maybe you're walking and stopping and facing the moon it may sound silly but i think that i think that 
for for some people even myself starting out like those things seem weird because they're like not the norm but if you can just like take that little pocket then it expands your your comfort zone you know and then and you'll probably experience benefits from from leaning into that tiny risk and then that risk is no longer a risk anymore and then all of a sudden you're in someone's living room holding hands and envisioning an expanding white light of energy <laughs> you know i i love that so much because that that is an epiphany that i needed to have at the beginning of this year of wow covid was a trauma it like the whole lockdown piece of it was a trauma and it i got to this point at the beginning of this year where i was like I can't function like this mm. anymore. I did what I needed to do in order to survive at the time. And that is fine. That is all well and good. Great. We are not there anymore. We we are allowed to leave the house. So yeah. go, go get out of the house. And that was really when I started trying to expand my friendship circles again, because I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to like test this out, test out to see how it's going and yeah, just venture out. And then when you pitched the idea of book club and I was like, I mean, for it, for some selfish reasons, I was like, yes, I'm going to start reading again. And now I have accountability and yeah. this is, this is great because I used to read all the time and I haven't for a while because, you know, like starting a business and having a small child where I was like, oh, well, where's the time for me? And now making that time has been so beneficial. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you actually mentioned benefits while you were talking too of trying these things and letting your guard down. And it's interesting to talk about the benefits of ritual and what it does. Have you done any research into like benefits and how it relates to the human mind for adding in ritual? Is there any psychology to it? I personally haven't done any research, which is why I'm asking you. Yeah. Um, I haven't extensively looked into it, but the, the book that comes to mind again is Drawing Down the Moon yep. um, because she she has either directly studied it or um, quotes research that has been done on it. Um, and right. I'm trying to remember certain things. Like even, um, for example, gazing at a fire, like in front mm -hmm. of a fireplace, I know that that has um, like physical healing properties of like lowering um just get, releasing those like peaceful hormones and that type of thing um, well and and then they also say that um standing in front of the ocean will also bring down stress cortisol levels and also help with balancing energies and that kind of thing too so i think there is a lot to say for ritual can be healthy for us in more than just like connect feeling connected even though oh, feeling, yeah, feeling, even though feeling connected is adds benefits anyway. I'm sorry, I'm such a neuroscience nerd. So like, I love it. <laughs> if I get too much, please let me know. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Like, um, I people ask me about this a lot, and um, how do I put this? Like, I uh, am, I get excited about science, but I'm not the one looking into it. I think because I've just always been this little witch, and I'm like 
duh. Like, of course, when I put my hand on my heart, there's some type of reaction going on that makes me feel safe, you know? And then, then I'll hear about a study that is done where it's like, oh, the tissue, like the actual somatic tissues, um, whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't know how it works, but I, I do kind of feel like I've just always believed in this stuff and science is important in like aiding it. I have a lot of thoughts on on science and how sometimes we treat science as a religion too, when like indigenous cultures have been yes. saying these things forever, you know, um, and then it, it really does feel like the, oh, well, duh, kind of thing, because I'll yeah. read about things from a neuroscience perspective or like some article that's trying to rationalize something that is maybe considered a little more spiritual like and I even do it to myself where whenever I talk about shadow work and the shadow work I do with my clients I'm all the I'm always like oh yeah it was started by a neurologist and a psychologist here's the here's the Mm -hmm. science behind shadow work and it almost feels like I'm trying to prove it to people who may not believe me right maybe that's something to work through. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a cool fun fact that I have in the back of my mind and whatever. But it it really is interesting that science will go and prove something. And there's a whole group of people just sitting there like, glad you figured it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I remember reading this phrase and it was like, uh, what did he say? You know what? I'm totally forgetting it. And that's okay. I do want to go back to a previous point real, real sure. quick, if that's all right. Of course. Yeah. Just about about you, what you were saying, the sentiment about after COVID, there, there came a point maybe relatively recently where you were like, wait a second. Okay. I think I can do this. I think I can branch out, meet some mm-hmm. new friends. People aren't a threat anymore. Starting to rewire like our nervous system, your yeah. nervous system. And I just think that something that I'm really coming to believe more and more is that we are so much, we are so much less fragile than we think we are. And I think that, so I've had some significant trauma and loss in my life. And so I can speak about this firsthand where for, there was a legitimate time in my life where I had to shell up, you know, I had to put on after my mom, my mom died suddenly, she took her own life. Uh, it, when I was 20, I, I just had to, I was too soft. It was too sensitive, but I think that sometimes, like if I were to have kept that shell on, which no one would have faulted me for, you know, like no one would say, Oh, Jenna, how come you're not putting yourself out there the way you were when you were 20? And then if I were to say, Oh, I had this significant trauma, you know? But the thing is, is that eventually the wall that you built to protect yourself keeps, keeps good stuff out too. And, um, and so, so yeah, the two ways that I've had to engage with that is realizing that I have to allow risk in for relationships and smart risk, you know, but like, that is what it is, is letting someone in. And then secondly, politically, Like, I think I've always just had this thought of like, well, I don't have the energy to engage with that because I am, I am a little baby crab inside my shell, (laughs) just making a little, making a joke out of that. But, um, yeah, ritual, I, I mean, let ritual be something that helps you put yourself out there too. Like, I just, I think that we, 
I don't think we give ourselves enough credit of how resilient we are as human beings and that like we can do hard things so we can do uncomfortable things yes. and um and not only make it out alive but it's not like everything that is uncomfortable is going to give us ptsd like i'm reading this book uh by a scientist called anti-fragile and he i think he coined this term where it's like what about post-traumatic growth and and mm. that must be how we have advanced as human beings um is that you know not every trauma that we go through is going to break us like some of them will make us even you know stronger and that's something i've been thinking about with the with palestine too is um that like i i don't want i read this quote and it haunts me and i hope I, you don't mind me going a little bit deep in I, this last I, book. <laughs> I, I don't mind at all i actually want you to repeat the name of the book because i am very interested in this so sure is it right behind me it's called anti-fragile uh, okay anti-fragile because yeah. even just the name sounds really cool right yeah. okay finish your thought please right. do <laughs> yes. oh shoot what was i saying um, um pa parallels to what's going on in palestine i, I know i was like i kind of lost it um i'm sorry i didn't oh, no, mean to okay. i didn't okay. mean to dis the, disrupt you. the adhd <laughs> i was gonna say i was like it wasn't you it was the adhd um well yeah i kind of did lose my train of thought but uh yeah, this idea of being anti-fragile, you can actually grow from, from traumatic instances. Uh, shoot. They might have to come back. Yeah, it's completely in the ether. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, maybe you say, you say something. Okay, so... <laughs> But I, I can also, I can also see what you mean, where humans are a lot more resilient than I think that we give ourselves credit for. I mean, even just thinking about, and I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, the black pit. Did you get it? Yes. Okay, go, go. Okay, I'll finish okay. mine later. I'll remember mine. <laughs> okay. So in another book I read, there's a line that haunts me. This is where I was going. There's a line okay. that haunts me and it says, are you going to be drowning in a cloud of Palo Santo while the world burns? Ooh. Sarah Wilson, uh, this one wild and precious life. And she was talking about, uh, she called it half skim milk spirituality. Um, yes. I remember you talking about the, the skim milk versus the full fat before yes. elsewhere. Yes. And I have been, haunted by that quote because i get it like i i i am i've seen it in myself i've seen it in yoga studios this this thing of like our spirituality stops with self-care and um and there's a place for ritual that i am very much still a beginner in and learning where ritual is for resistance and ritual is very political and ritual is saying that not only am I going to make space for the sanctity of my life, but I will do so for the sanctity of all human lives and those that I'm connected to near and far. Um, and 
and I think that right with what I was saying with my my shell is that um I could spend my whole life making rituals that keep me comfortable and safe in my shell or I can see that life is complex and complicated and that um there are injustice injustice will always happen like we said last night at book club that uh, yeah there isn't always a pretty bow tied onto injustices like sometimes they just keep happening and, and life keeps going and so sitting with that reality of like it's never going to stop but my whole life i can i can learn to show up and engage with it and and if you're a witch you know or if you are spiritual and you are engaging with ritual you can do it you can use it in that way as well where it's it's not just uh for yourself but it is a vessel to open you up to humanity and maybe it'll break your heart but you can hand you can do it you can do it like because you're a beautiful strong anti-fragile human being i love that <laughs> that's such a beautiful note so i i almost don't want to say talk about what i was going to say because like that is such a beautiful way for us to wrap this up where <laughs> knowing that ritual can be something that makes us so anti-fragile but um the only parallel i was going to draw was going back to thinking about the bubonic plague and black death that swept through europe and there are some accounts that say it wiped out 40 to 60 percent of the population and it's kind of like Hell, if we can bounce, if humanity can bounce back from that with a renaissance, with a renaissance, what, like, what are we going to bounce back with COVID? Ooh, right? Like, if we had the renaissance last time, if we had renaissance last time, what are we going to bounce back with now? Oh, please let and it then, be art and community. Art and community. I, I'm art and praying community. for art and community because that yeah. is, I feel like that is something that is so needed right now. And it, to think that maybe ritual can be a part of that art and community. Hmm. Yes. And I think that, so we're in Sag season. We are in Sag season. Like, can we, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. <laughs> like, can we harness a little bit of Sag energy? Like as the year comes to an end where it's like, maybe this is the month where you shine a little bit like in the darkness and like maybe even if you're maybe maybe it's a sleepy shining you know but like can you find i don't know like take those little tiny risks because i really want whoever's listening like i really want your art in the world and and like to be your friend <laughs> or and for that to be you know like a um for us to have, I think that's such a beautiful analogy would be like, what's our next, what, what's our response? What's our bounce back? And what's our kind of renaissance? And, and if that happened in the freaking 1600s, it's 20, 2024 almost. It's like maybe our Practically, renaissance. Practically, yeah. Yeah, is like, it can be so much bigger, like in this multiverse, it can include more people. It can be, it can have, you know, it can be justice with beauty and, and involving like the earth again and yeah this so episode is say. giving me a lot of hope <laughs> i wasn't expecting so much fire element to come out 
I'm not You're, You are a Sag. So I am I a Sag. <laughs> That's so fair. <laughs> but I guess all I want to say is like, I think there are a lot of people who have these creative lives and it's not like you have to all of a sudden make it your whole income, you know, but like, maybe give us a little bit, give us a little bit. We could probably, we could use whatever's on your heart, in your mind, that draft that you have saved. And like, I think we, we need it and, and that we need those bits of beauty in the midst of genocide and in the midst of rubble. Um, And that, that can be, that little risk can probably start um, some, some pockets of community. I love that. That's where I'm ending it because it's it's too beautiful. So we're just (laughs) going, I, I'm going to wrap us up and just, I want to say thank you to whoever is listening to this. And I want to repeat Jenna in, I want to see your art and we need your art in the world. So keep creating, have a beautiful, happy, healthy, safe New Year's celebration. And I will talk to you all in 2024. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.